Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Silas Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Venice Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Mrs. Stacia Williams, Women in Finance. This was recorded on March 23rd, 2021. Everybody to Timely Wisdom. We are excited to be here. I am extremely excited to be able to present this young lady. I'll tell you a quick story. Some years ago, um, I was trying to make a decision about some stocks and I kept buying these penny stocks, you know, because it seemed easy. And so um, my sister said, why do you keep buying all this stuff? You don't know what you're doing. And I said, oh, well, maybe not. But I mean, it's just something to do. And my child was sitting at a table and she was coloring. Now, mind you, this was a child that I took to the school and they told me she wasn't ready for kindergarten because they said she wasn't mature enough. Her birthday is in August, and they said her birthday was too late. So as she's sitting there coloring, she never looks up, but she says, my daddy says in order for stocks to be any good, they have to sit sometimes so they can grow and grow and grow. At that point, I looked at her. I said, put those crayons down because your butt's going to school today. So without further ado, I am excited to introduce to some and present to others my youngest daughter, Stacia Williams. As founder and wealth advisor of Williams Financial Group, Stacia helps clients to pursue their retirement goals and dreams through well-thought-out financial strategies for retirement. She works to develop lasting client relationships by ensuring our clients' needs are taken care of to the highest degree of satisfaction. She has an extensive background in working with individuals across socioeconomic and cultural divides, which aids in our which aids our firm in providing holistic and culturally relevant services to our clients. Um, Prior to joining the firm, Stacia served as the marketing event planner for Lathrop and Gage LLC, LLP, I'm sorry, in Kansas City, Missouri, um, a Kansas City-based corporate law firm. Her work primarily focused on um, bringing diverse groups of clients and prospective clients together for the purpose of uh, providing timely insights in, in timely and insightful information and helpful information and relevant corporate legal topics. Stacia graduated from the University of Kansas City, Missouri with a Bachelor of Arts in Criminal Justice. As a native of Kansas City, Missouri, Stacy has been involved with the community throughout her life. She shares her parents' passion, that would be me, for the homeless uh, community and has worked alongside the outreach ministry to share them, to, to supply them with food, water, personal hygiene, and items. In her leisure time, Stacy enjoys spending time with her family, traveling, and food tasting. Without further ado, I introduce Miss Stacia Williams. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing? audience audience you all have to see this so i got to do something for um hold on you all have to y'all y'all have to see something for a moment (laughs) 
She is so not right. <laughs> okay, she's mine. Kind of sort of look a little bit alike. <laughs> Hi, Stacia. Thank you for joining us and thank you for bringing your wisdom to the table. Uh, One of the things that I am so excited about is we have done very well in providing uh, uh, providing uh, information and timely wisdom to in, in in spiritual things and and so it's it's just a blessing to be able to come back to the table and provide some financial wisdom to yes. our, our viewers and our listeners um, and so we're ready if you're ready absolutely and one of the things that I, I thought about and, and just in, in pursuing some of my own endeavors, I wanted you to explain the difference between a financial planner and a, uh, a financial advisor, because many people think that they're one and the same. And mm-hmm. so I wanted you to share with us, what's the difference? Sure. First of all, um, I commend you ladies for uh, hosting a segment on financial uh, topics, especially for women. Uh, So many women need the information and unfortunately um, they don't get the information until uh, either their spouse is deceased or uh, until it's to their later on in life and they're trying to retire and they're trying to put everything together. Um, And and so I I commend you ladies for providing opportunity uh, for me to come and to speak to other ladies and other women about their financial uh, endeavors. Um, so what's the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner? Uh, financial planners really focus on creating long-term plans. Um, and, and, and a financial advisor is really someone who kind of walks with it, who focuses on um, your investments, so to speak. Um, so planning, when I say financial planners, I like to think just for to make it easy, budgeting, uh, someone that will help you budget, um, help you with your uh, budgeting, but financial advisor, someone more so that focuses on your investments. Wonderful, wonderful. So then um, if I'm looking at something, when I'm going long-term, I need somebody who's going to help me see down the road where my money needs to go, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or the changes in the financial climate as Mm -hmm. far as, uh, um, you know, each time we have a new uh, administration, there are concerns about the atmosphere changing. So, Absolutely. Um, okay, so we need to know how 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 that works. Now we have a, a lot of amazing ladies here, and I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, Dr. Wallace, can you see that question there? Okay, I'll do it for. It says, what is a portfolio and the associated risks? So your portfolio is really a collection of your investments, um, whether that be your stocks, your bonds, uh, your money markets, your IRAs. Um, your portfolio is really just a, a collection of all your investments. Um, and what are the associated risks? Um, the biggest thing that I see um, when dealing with clients, especially women clients, is that uh, we don't know. Um, so when you talk about your the risks that are associated, uh, what we like to do is, first of all, if you come in and see us, is to sit down and identify what risks are within your portfolio. Um, 
there's different levels of risk. Uh, if you're invested into uh, certain stocks, then you're likely taking on a higher risk as opposed to if you're invested in certain bonds, you're taking on a lower risk. Um, so it's different levels to risk and, and all of it can work together. Um, but it's just important to understand, uh, you know, at your age, what level of risk uh, should you be taking? Um, and one of the approaches that we use in the office is the rule of 100, which is a classic financial planning rule. Uh, basically, to find out your level of risk that you should be taking or the percentage of your portfolio that should be exposed to risk, you take your age minus 100. So I'm 37 years old. That means that 63% of my portfolio uh, should not, no more, I'm sorry, than 63% of my portfolio should be exposed to uh, risk of the market or risk of loss. Well, Stacy, yeah, would you please help us understand what a portfolio is? I have you have said that word about five or six times. <laughs> yes, would you help, help some of us understand what portfolio is. What a so portfolio. A, a portfolio is just a fancy word for your different accounts, your different investments, your different money market accounts, your different uh, your savings. You can put that in there. Checking. It's really just a different. It's a it's a one big collection of all of your fi uh, your financial uh, statements or your financial. Uh, whatever you have inside um, your financial uh, is portfolio. Um, that's just a collection of your accounts. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Um, Dr. Wright mentioned every four years, we are concerned about the risk and uh, what we have here and what do we, what should we do in the stock market? Explain why is that an issue every four years and why are we so concerned? Right. Well, every four years, the economy is ever changing. And anytime we get new administration, that, that means there's going to be some changes with your economy because um, it, no matter who comes into office, everybody, you know, they, they want to start. First of all, they've promised this, these things. They've promised these, these changes. Um, so they at least have to start acting on some of those changes. Um, and when that change happens, it starts to affect everyone. It affects us all as a whole. Um, and really, the stock market is just based off of uh, the GDP. So the gross domestic products is the the stability of the nation. Um, so it, it, that uh, it's anytime administration comes in and starts making changes and starts, um, you know, tinkering with that, then of course you're going to see change or you're going to see some fluctuation, whether it be it go up or whether it be it go down, you're, you're bound to see changes because of the new administration with their new changes. Yeah. You so know, the gross domestic product, the GDP, mm -hmm. uh, the last administration put <laughs> us in trillion dollar debt. Mm -hmm. So does that mean our investments went down or did they go up? Actually, we, you know, I know not all of us really like Donnie, but, you know, the last administration wasn't solely responsible for the debt. I mean, we, we didn't just jump from zero to a trillion dollars right. overnight. So exactly. I think it's fair that we share that responsibility. Um, but it, 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 of course, and actually, if you talk, depending on who you talk to, some say, and if you look at some stats, some say that the stock market actually loved Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump. Um, it did well for the last four years. Um, we did see some dips, um, but of course, we have to take into account we had coronavirus. Um, mm -hmm. So how did that affect our market? So, but for the most part, um, we've seen some all-time highs uh, within the last four years. Um, and so, I, again, it, it just kind of it, it's a reflection of the U.S. economy. So there is a question um, in the comment section from our viewers. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about Bitcoin? 
and as an investment. Mm -hmm. I I personally we'll that question and she has two follow-ups. So we'll just go with that one. Sure. So uh, Bitcoin, I personally, that's not my area of expertise. Um, and I am, my mother always taught me if you don't know about it or then you don't have to talk about it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like not that. my expertise. That's not um, the cl my clients aren't really uh, I, I'm not really, that's not what I'm advising them on. Um, so I don't really have uh, an extensive uh, spiel on whether you, or not you should do Bitcoin. I definitely think before you do any investment, whether it be commodities, Bitcoin or stocks or bonds, I definitely think that you should do your research and not just follow trends. I will say that. Yeah, because it's definitely a trend. It is, a, it is. Uh, an increasing trend, I might add, but it is a trend. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, one of the questions that we had was the age range of our viewers is 30 to 55, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I guess I exceeded that. Sorry. On average. On average range of our viewers is 30 to 55. Um, give us five things that we should or shouldn't do with our money. So when we have clients come in and see the first thing, one of the questions that we ask um, when kind of interviewing our clients is if you could do things differently, what would you go back and do? And so I and I enjoy what we do because you hear all different kinds of answers. Um, so I took from that and I came up with the five things because there's, of course, more than five things. But um, the first thing I, I would say, and this is personal experience, uh, is give God his 10 percent. Um, I have noticed personally in my life when I wasn't being faithful to that 10 percent um, that that I, I saw some things that kind of started moving around and, and not for the better. Um, so I, I will always uh, encourage to give God his 10 percent. Um, next, save 10 percent of any income that you have coming in house. Um, so it doesn't matter. We see people. Well, we know the stimulus checks are being released. And it's unfortunate because in the news we see how the or I'm sorry, on, on my timeline, I've seen how everyone is saying to invest these stimulus checks and, and really it has no long term, uh, no long term in or no long term benefits. Let me say that. Um, so but no one has said save, save, save 10 percent of all income that you have uh, that you acquire. Um, the next thing I would say is invest early. If if it's Bitcoin or if it's stocks, if it's bonds, um, invest um, because if it's not invested, it won't grow. Um, and the younger you are, the more time you have to make back uh, from when the market corrects itself. Uh, so I will always encourage younger people that don't start when you're looking at retirement or don't start when, oh, when I get 40 or when I get 30, start as young as you possibly can. Um, even if you're just putting away $100 in an IRA account, that $100 can grow and grow and grow based off of how you have vested. Um, and then if you work for an employer, contribute to your 401k. This is, it's heartbreaking when I hear uh, clients come in and, and, well, I didn't start, I didn't know to contribute. I didn't start contributing until I got older. Contribute, first of all, ask your HR department, ask questions. We don't ask questions. We assume or, or we don't want people to, you know, think that, oh, we don't know what we're talking about. Well, the only reason why you're going to find out is if you ask questions. So find out, do you have, does your company have a 401k? If your company does have 401k, what is the maximum that you can contribute? And and after you find out what's the maximum that can be contributed, find out if they're matching. So that's free money to you. Uh, so those and lastly, I would say have a plan that is regularly reviewed. Um, 
Um, so if you're working with a financial advisor, you start working with a financial advisor, don't just go invest it and leave it there. Open those statements, those quarterly statements that you get in those big books. Um, I've heard of clients that in the 2007, 2008 market crash, they didn't they weren't opening their statements and then they opened their statements and guess what they had lost 40 percent of their portfolio so i always encourage to make sure that you have someone that's walking through your investment journey or walking through your portfolio with you and that stays current keeps in touch with you and keeps you up to date so those are the five things that i would give well ex explain there may uh, I, I don't assume anything mm -hmm. There may be someone here that has no idea what a 401k is. Yes, ma'am. So explain A to, a to Z what a, what a 401k is. So a, a 401k is basically a, a plan that your company holds or, or that a company holds um, that has, takes your monies that you put into and they vest in the market. And when they vest in the market, of course, that 401k, it participates with the market. So if the market is rising, when I say market, I mean stock market. If the market is the stock market is going up, your 401k is probably most likely going up. If the stock market is going down, your 401k is most likely going down. Um, and and a lot of times, as I mentioned, the 401k, your 401k has the opportunity for your to for you. Well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. There's usually there's a cap as to how much you can contribute out of your paycheck. Um, and sometimes it's between six to I would say between four to eight percent. Um, and that can vary depending on the company, because every company sets their own plans uh, for their 401k. Um, but they will allow you to contribute to eight percent of your earnings to go into a pre-tax account. Pre-tax is before taxes. So before that money ever hits the your checking account, before it ever hit, anything is ever paid, that money is put into your 401k. And then when I mentioned the employer match, sometimes companies are generous and say, well, if you can, if you contribute 6%, we'll match you the first 3% mm -hmm. that you put in. So they're giving you free money to, and it's all going into your 401k account. So it's just a, it's a retirement plan. It's a retirement account. I think, the reservoir. <laughs> I think this is a good place to jump in and ask this question. How do we choose the right financial advisor? A lot of people aren't really savvy about finances. Um, and so we don't, they don't, they really don't know what to look for character wise. And let's just, let's just keep it real. Even though there's some good old money out there, mm -hmm. now, you know, you know, my grandmother, she could tuck some stuff in a mattress. <laughs> and it's really a sin and a shame that when our seniors pass on, mm -hmm. our message to our siblings is don't let nobody in that house till we get there. Cause right. We got to go do that clean sweep behind the pictures and through the books and all of that. Right. So how do we <laughs> what do we need to look for to find a good financial advisor? Um, one that's that's reputable, one that we won't see on American Greed. I mean, <laughs> did I say that one? that <laughs> Because when you don't know, it's easy to be taken. And, and then the second part of that is, um, would you uh, mind posting those five things that you put for us? Uh, would you mind leaving those with us before you go today? Okay, go ahead. 
Absolutely. So I am I'm making a note to come back to your question about the, what to look for in a fight. I see some uh, comments yeah. on the side. Um, so do you recommend investing into gain stock? Um, again, I, it's one of the things of I truly believe wholeheartedly that you should look at trends, um, identify if it's a trend or if it's not a trend. Um, I, I personally um, I personally am not vested in game stock. Um, and, and then I, if you look at the history of um, the whole scenario behind GameStop, um, I, I encourage you to do some research there as to how it uh, rolls overnight. And then, you know, so uh, that I'll give that's the advice I'll give on that. And then can you control the risk your money is invested in with the 401k? No. Um, and, and I'm glad you did. Good, thank you, Daniela, for asking that, because when most people uh, when you're invested in that company, that company has what's called a general pool. Um, now, sometimes like if you have a TSP, you can control the level of risk that you have that you're exposed to. And a TSP is a government uh, government uh, 401k or government plan. And it's a thrift savings plan. Um, you can control the uh, uh, your level of risk as to what you're how you how much you're exposed to the market. But for the most part, that company is has a general pool and you cannot go in and, and take, you know, and tinker with the system that they already have set up. Uh, so that's why we encourage clients when you leave that company, to, it's called a straight. It be, then becomes a straight 401k and you're no longer you absolutely have no control because you're not even an employee with that company anymore. That company is now acting and, and saying what is good for your money and what is not good for your money. Um, so when you leave an employer, I always advise clients that it's always good to take your money with you because guess what? You're gone. And, and it's not that that company didn't care for you while you were an employee, but you're gone. So take control, take your money with you. Um, now, in regards to the financial advisor, what do you look for? Um, of course, you always fiduciaries. Um, fiduciaries have a, a, a responsibility um, to on a a whole nother level, let's say that. And the people that the Bernie Madoffs and so forth and so on, the people that you see that that have gone to jail is because most likely is well, they're criminals. But um, if even if you're a fiduciary and you're not advising your clients to the best to their best interests, um, then you're likely to lose license or even sometimes be fined or you can even do jail time. Um, so I would always strongly recommend a fiduciary, but even you have a fiduciary. I always say have you want some to work with someone that's going to call you back. Um, you shouldn't have to call. You shouldn't. It shouldn't take your financial advisor a week to give you a call back on your account. If you give them a call and they're not calling you within 24, maybe 48 hours, I guess you could say in a busy uh, during a busy time, then that would be a flag to me that, would, you know, I was start to raise some concerns. Um, but also someone who talks in your terms. A lot of the times I sit in um, on couples meetings. Uh, well, my husband and I, we both sit in on uh, the meetings. And the reason being is because most married couples, uh, the financial advisor is in the relationship with the husband and the wife is just there to show face. Um, and so when the conversation is going on, the wife a lot of time doesn't know the language or I don't need to know Henry handles the finances. Well, no, uh, you want a financial advisor that can recognize when you look like a deer, that like you're a deer cotton headlights and they can slow it down and make sure that you understand because statistically men die before women. So it, when Henry is gone, you're going to be left to pick up the pieces. And the last thing you want to do, you do 
not want to do is not understand what was being talked about in those meetings with Henry and your financial advisor. So you want someone who really cares about making it simple uh, for you to understand. And then someone who can put together a plan that makes sense for you. Not a cookie cutter plan, not a plan that, OK, well, then you can pick from A, B or C, but something that's really customized to your life situation. Every single day we sit down with clients and I hear stories after stories after stories. No one couple is the same. No one person is the same. So you really want a financial advisor that that can advise you based off of your circumstances, not limited to what they have or what or what their um, company says that they can uh, introduce you to so forth and so on. So you want someone who's knowledgeable, someone who um, has uh, the access to um, mean, the, the means to be able to advise you based off of your situation. Mm, was Sorry, good. that was a lot. <laughs> no, that was a great, great answer. Yes. That, that was good. That was good. So let me ask you this. How do I make sure that I do not outlive my retirement savings. I think right now that's a major, major issue, especially, you know, working with with your dad and I, working with the food pantry, the number of times that we have supplied food and tried to make sure that our senior community is taken care of. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Bradford also does an extremely a lot with her community as far as serving the, serving the uh, families in the community to meet their, their um, need as far as food and so forth. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that's a concern for us because to see so many seniors come through and knowing that they don't have enough to make it and then to listening to some of their stories, how can we make sure that we don't outlive our retirement income that we have? Again, it all starts with building a plan. Um, even whether you're go heading into retirement, if retirement is five years away, or if you're heading into retirement, or even if you're in retirement, always get a second opinion. But it starts with a plan. You want to work with a financial advisor um, that builds you that will build you a plan, not to last you for the next ten years, or not to last you for the next fifteen years, because life expectancy we've added on a whole another twenty years. Um, and because of that, people are living longer. And, and, and so we want to make sure that that plan doesn't stop at 10 or 20 years or doesn't, you know, we want to make sure that it carries you through your lifetime. Um, so I, the best advice I can give on making sure that you don't outlive your retirement savings is to putting together a plan, um, working with your financial advisor, a fi advisor, sorry, to make sure that you have a plan in place um, that answers questions such as income and retirement. Uh, one of the biggest fears we hear of uh, people going into retirement when we ask, what is your number one fear is, I don't want to run out of money. Well, they don't want to run out of money. And then, of course, um, I, I don't want my lifestyle to have to change. I want to continue to take vacations. I want to continue to shop. I want to continue to take care of the grandkids. Um, so no matter what those things are, we when we are looking at some or when we're sitting down with someone, we take all those things into consideration because this is your lifestyle. I mean, we want you to... If, What's the point of going into retirement if you're going to, you know, if you're going to struggle, then you might as well keep working. Mm -hmm. um, so our goal is always to make sure uh, that your income, but that you keep it, that you have a sustainable income throughout your retirement um, and understand the products that you have. 
don't get caught. Don't don't get sold on a whole bunch of graphs and charts. Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. Um, if there's pensions, make sure that you're asking questions. Okay. If if my husband is set up or he's taking a pension, um, what happens when he dies? What a lot of people don't know, if he's set up on a single income, when he dies, that money goes into thin air. That money doesn't come to you. Um, so a single income payout. But if he's set up on a joint income payout, when he dies, then you will start to receive those payments. Um, so, and, and I know the baby boomers, pensions are a big deal with you all. Um, and, and so it's just asking, make sure that you ask questions and make sure that you understand uh, the plan that's set before you. Um, and then I, I think that you should be okay with not running out of money. So wow. Stacia, help us um, in the black community, mm -hmm. particularly. Yes, ma'am. We have to bury our loved ones. Mm -hmm. And so insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, help us understand, should we have insurance or should we just let our loved ones bury us? I want to go on record as saying GoFundMe is not an insurance plan. <laughs> I have to, I've been waiting to say that for a long time and my husband would probably kick me under the table if he were in here. But GoFundMe is not an insurance plan. Uh, life insurance plan. Um, it's nothing. Here's the thing about life insurance. If you're younger, life insurance is so they've made it so affordable. You are more likely to go spend more money on eating out fast food. So it's not like you're going to that five star restaurants, but eating out at fast food restaurants, then you will pay on making a monthly contribution to your premium, making a monthly premium premium payment to cover your life insurance. Wow. You don't have to have fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Five to ten thousand dollars will bury you and bury you comfortably. So when you talk about do I think life insurance is important? I most certainly do. Um, I think life insurance, it, I, I think not to have life insurance is selfish uh, because even though you're gone, now you've left that burden with your family. And so instead of being able to grieve your loss and truly think highly and the good think of the good things of you, they're stressed out because they're trying to scrape together dollars. Um, and not to mention so many young kids uh, or so many young adults are dying sooner and leaving young kids behind. So now you've left that burden to mama and grandma and so forth and so on to raise your child when for $28 a month, you could have put together a, a policy could have been put to put in place uh, to cover at least get uh, cover your burial expenses. And then also uh, to cover some time for your family to, again, get everything situated. So. Do I believe in life insurance? I most certainly do, uh, Miss Wallace, because I, I, I think it's unfortunate that we're not able to grieve because we're stressed out and it rips the family apart because I'm contributing this. You're not contributing. Everybody expects everybody to chip in. But again, instead of bringing the family together, it really rips the family apart. So I'm an advocate for life insurance. Well, thank you for that, because uh, our... Our community has, mm -hmm. we cannot even begin to build well when, mm -hmm. even if it's just $25,000 that you leave to a grandchild. Absolutely. That will have a lasting effect mm -hmm. on the, the potential for the grandchild. 
Yes. Uh, so, so, you know, we need to think about that life insurance and what we do with it and who we leave it to. Absolutely. And, and if you're, it's one of the things of going beyond and, and Unfortunately, our gener our our culture, I'm sorry, we we've passed off the babies on grandma and grandma's made it okay. Um we and and love you all, but it's not okay. Um at some point in time, if we're responsible enough to make these babies, we should be responsible enough mm -hmm. to cover them from A to Z and whether that's I'm living or if I'm dead. Um so I I, I it truly it burdens my heart um, to see when babies are left because, and, and even these ba the babies are passing away. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and mama is grieving and mama can't go back to work in the three days of bereavement time that she's been given. Mm -hmm. I have life insurance on every single one of my babies. Um, and it's not because I, I, I want the dot, I, I value the money behind it, but I know that if something were to happen to them, I'm shutting down for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I don't want to have to think about covering this or going back to work and, and making ends meet to do that, you know, to cover that, pay this bill, pay that bill. I want time to grieve my baby. And so I most certainly think there's no age limit on life insurance. And then even um, one of the things that start a life insurance when that child is young, um, instead of giving a new pair of Nikes or instead of giving uh, a Jordans for, you know, these gifts uh, to these babies, how about we come together and we start some whole life policies to where as that child grows, the cash is accumulating in its pot in, inside that policy. So when they hit the age of 18 or 21, they're, you're now able, without having to go break the bank, you're now able to turn that policy over to them so that they can go to college. Mm -hmm. So we have to we, we have to think outside of what's been put in front of us um, because right now we're doing exactly what we were set up or, or we, we were told to do. Um, we're putting, the black community puts more money into the economy than any other race. And, right. and if we were to keep that money or we were to be wise, wiser with our money, then we most certainly could accomplish a lot. We most certainly could make sure that our children aren't struggling should something happen to us. We most certainly wouldn't stress ourselves out uh, because we don't know, you know, if something were to happen to us, if our child would be OK or not OK. Uh, so it's there are options out there and we're responsible for finding out that information because if we can Google the latest hit song, then we can surely Google information that will set us up for later on. Mm. And you know that is such a powerful statement uh, because the emphasis, talk a little bit about teaching children about financial, uh, uh, about starting their their savings. Uh, I'm, I, remember, uh, I remember when Stacia was a little girl, I, had accounts for my children. And so uh, I would take them into the bank and I'd let them give the lady their money. And so one day I took Stacy into the bank and she went to the counter where the teller was and she put a dollar up on the counter and she couldn't see her. So she was reaching and she put the dollar up there and then she put her deposit slip and then she stood back on her tiptoes and she was looking and the lady was like, there you go, Stacy. And she gave her uh, she gave her a sucker and a white piece of paper. Stacy took the sucker and then she took the white piece of paper and she turned around to me and then she realized the dollar was gone and she screamed, Mommy, who took my money? Who took my money? <laughs> 
but I wanted them to understand the importance of saving something. You don't have to be broke. You don't. you don't have to always run to the store and buy some candy and buy something. And what did we always say? We give them some money and then we tell them, go buy you some candy. Go buy you some go, go yeah, buy you're, you're you're absolutely right. And and you know, our children, my children, I, I most certainly they have now created uh, literature for children as young as a kindergarten to where they break down how to understand a stock. So even if you're an adult and you don't understand, that's your fault because you can now go get these children's books that break down how to understand the stocks and the way the stock market works and investments and so forth and so on. I bought uh, recently bought the it's Boris R. Watkins. He's a black educator. Um, he, mo he He's very big on um, educating our, our youth, our black youth. Um, but he has a series that it starts off at kindergarten and then it of course has um it, it goes up to i believe um fifth or kindergarten then it goes up to uh like fifth sixth grade and then it goes to middle school high school so forth and so on but th this workbook um when we talk about gifting our kids or we talk about setting our kids up uh for success these should be the types of gifts that we that they're finding under the uh, Christmas trees. As a matter of fact, go and that's go start take a hundred dollars and and start an IRA account uh, for and that you can manage to start an IRA account um, for your child for your grandchildren. Um, because you're absolutely right, we don't have to be broke. Uh, we've chosen to stay broke. We've chosen to use excuses as to why we can't accomplish our financial our financial goals. Um, but Taking here's another thing we talk we, we pay off a bill. If you pay off that bill, would you do you know what would happen if you took the money that you were paying towards that bill and you stuck it into your savings? That's another way of accumulating. You was paying the bill anyway. It's another way of accumulating savings. So get creative uh, when it comes to your savings. My mother has a system that um, with the dollar bills, she say for every dollar bill she uh, gets, she looks to see if it has a C on the end of it. If it has a C on the end of it, then that dollar bill goes into a jar. And if dollars might not sound like much, but she's moved, she's graduated to fives and tens. So it's one of the things of get creative with your savings. We are without excuse anymore. So I, I most certainly think that we should be instilling that in our youth and you're right don't go tell them to go buy a piece of candy candy is temporary no go buy something that that's going to set you up for a lifetime right absolutely and the reason that i choose the c's is because i look for bills with my husband's initials on it and when i find a bill that has one of his initials on it i take that bill and i put it aside and if i and i most times i save it for a year because that is a reminder to me of my investment into my marriage of 45 years. <laughs> Amen. Someone wants to know the author's voice, B-O-Y-I-C-E or B-O-Y-C-E, I believe it is, Watkins, W-A-T-K-I-N-S. Mm -hmm. That's Pastor okay. Pam Berry out of Topeka, Kansas. Amen. Hey, Pastor Berry. <laughs> Well, so, oh, go ahead, sweet. No, you're fine. Go ahead, love. Explain the decline in functional status, mm -hmm. the long-term care need. The need for long-term care. Well, see, 
it used to be that you could go get a long-term care policy for um, pennies on the dollars, but anymore, these insurance companies have seen that you, that the baby boomers are actually utilizing these long-term care policies. Uh, so what that's caused is these the long-term care policies have now, the cost uh, to get them has now skyrocketed and really essentially made them unaffordable unless you're amongst the rich. Um, but what what is the, why is there a need for long-term care? The baby boomer generation, when I say baby boomers, about 55 to 65, um, you all are the first generation that's known as the sandwich generation, a sandwich generation. And what does that mean? You all have parents that are moving in with you all that you're taking care of, and then you have children that never left home. So it's known as the sandwich generation. Um, now, what happens with the generation that's coming up next? What happens when, uh, um, who's going to take care of you all? Because the, what we're seeing with trends is this next generation ain't taking care of you all. Um, and so it, it's it, it's important to have um, long term care in place to make sure that if, if you if your family does need the help or does need to call in the help, they're not strained financially and they can afford to do so with that policy. Um, so in long term care doesn't have to there. It's not. Um, it doesn't have to be purchased individually. Let me say that there are other products out there that have long-term care riders within them um, that, it, it, I mean, it's, that it don't cost you a lot of money up front or don't cost you a lot of money every single month. Um, so ask your financial advisor about uh, long-term care riders um, or, or policies or uh, products that have long-term care uh, inside of them. Okay. Let me get one more question in here. When should we take our social security? Sure. Uh, social security, as uh, you should, you can take it as, or it really kind of depends on your financial uh, situation. So say, for example, um, if you are, if you're 62, you can take social security. Um, and you can, and, and then if you're 66, 67 years old, you can also take social security. That's known as full social security. So you'll get your full social security. Um, but if you take it, and then you can also take it at 70 years old, um, each one of those ages, that, that amount that you're allotted for your social security, it, it increases. Um, if you are a widow um, and, and you're taking Social Security, it's important to know that should something happen to your spouse or when your spouse passes on, um, if it's he, you get the higher of the Social Securities. Um, we have a lot of wives that come in and say, well, I'm not going to take my Social Security because um, Randy is, you know, he's taking his Social Security. Well, you should still take your Social Security, too, because if Randy passes away, then you will then and get Randy's Social Security. So I advise uh, people to look at your situation, look at if it makes sense for you to start taking Social Security. You're 62 years old. I don't I personally don't see the benefits of waiting until 70 years old. I mean, 62, you should be living life. And if that extra money is going to help you to accomplish that, then I most certainly feel like you should do that. Now, don't take it early, because if you take it before 62, then you most certainly will receive a penalty. I'm on my way to the SSI office. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you're still working, let me cover one more thing since you mentioned that. If you are, if, for those that are still working um, and have surpassed the age of 62, um, you also need to check with how much 
how much money you can make um, to where it will not interfere with your social security. Uh, because if you start taking social security and you you make over a certain amount, uh, social security doesn't like that. You can incur uh, some penalties or some backlash from them. So make sure uh, that you check to see what is the maximum amount of social security or uh, income that you can make if you are taking social security. $18,000, I believe. Yes, and and right. <laughs> ain't much you can do with eighteen thousand dollars plus social security. So you need you need to be clear about that. But Dr. Wallace, I'm gonna do that joint thing with Mister. <laughs> I'm hollering. Um, um, Mr. Stacia, can you go back to um, life insurance and being yes, healthy and how it increases when you're not so healthy? Yes. Uh, well, so life insurance is is given based. Well, you have term life insurance, which is your cheap life insurance. Um, that's usually uh, the older you get, that um, basically the closer to glory that they deem you so, then the higher your life insurance policy or your premium is going to be. That is the easiest way to put that. Yeah. And so. It does increase. Um, it also can again, but even if you're young and you have some health factors, um, some health issues, again, anything that that insurance company sees as something that's going to push you over the edge sooner than they're able to make their money from you paying premiums, then that most certainly couldn't cause you to pay higher premiums. That's a good answer. I'd like to know um, our viewers are enjoying all of this. <laughs> If they need a financial advisor, financial planner, how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. Williams Financial Group is the name of our uh, company and name of our brokerage. And it's WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. So www.WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. We have a lot of great information on there. It tells about myself and my husband. Um, my Our oldest daughter is our client's client relations specialist. We are a family firm. So when you talk about integrity, my sister-in-law is our directors of operation. Um, when you talk about in, in integrity, we most certainly hold that to the highest degree. Um, and then also my phone number is 816-533-4111. And so when oh, you can go back Sorry. and do it again because people really want to contact you. And I <laughs> yes, want to give them every opportunity to do so. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So the website is www.williams with an S financial LLC.com. And you can go to the schedule appointment tab on there and schedule an appointment that way. Or you can call directly at 816-533-4111. Good. Thank you for that. There is a question in the, com um, in the comment section here. We have just a little time for more. Absolutely. So is it better to get hold than term insurance? Well, it depends. If you're younger, I most certainly... Um, Term insurance is always going to be cheaper. The best way to look at term insurance is it's temporary. Um, so term insurance can last for 25, 50 years. But the, the thing is, it's going, it's temporary. It has a cutoff. Um, so if you're younger and, and you just want something until you get a, in a better situation, I most certainly encourage you to get term insurance. Um, and, and, and then when you graduate to, you know, being or you can do a little more then I will most certainly encourage you to withhold life insurance, which is basically when you pay into that policy or your premiums uh, then start to your policy, then it uh, starts to accumulate cash value. 
And over time, you've grown, uh, you're able to take loans against that account or if or against that policy. And if you decide to surrender, then you work, walk away with a cash amount. Um, now, if you're in the higher tax bracket um, and you're trying to look for ways to be creative to not share everything with Uncle Sam, uh, there are... Uh, I'm sorry, there are IULs out there, uh, index universal life policies that will allow you to hide some money inside of uh, those policies to where you, you're not being taxed so heavily uh, or you can grow your money tax free. Let me say that. Um, so you can get very creative on um, on life insurance. But I most certainly think if you're younger term insurance is OK, um, but it, the older you get, you really want something that's going to, you know, set you up for cash value. This is excellent information, and I tell you that you will you will get calls. Um, they're going to bombard <laughs> you. you, and you will have more <laughs> clients. I'm sure of that. So we're excited about that. I'm I'm sorry, Dr. Chalice. I'm going to uh, correct that phone number. It's eight one six five three one. No, it's five three three. That's correct. Five three three four one one. That's because my mother my mother calls my cell phone. She don't call the office. <laughs> <laughs> it is correct in the comment section uh, for the viewer system. So we're good there. Is this there is a one more question that I like to address? Is there a cost yes, to transfer from term to whole? Uh, how easy is it to transfer? You you can't transfer. That's the other thing. A term policy is a term policy. It's kind of like it's set in stone. You can't make any changes. You can't modify it. It's once you get it, that's what you're stuck with. Um, so you can't transfer those premiums that you pay into a term policy. You can't say, okay, well, never mind. I, I want to turn on. A, I want to put that into a whole po whole life policy. You can't do that. So it's important to know that. Yeah, once you get term, you're stuck with that term insure that term policy. It says, do you do you count a lot of town people? Absolutely, absolutely. One, I have okay, we have two minutes, but I want you to um, just share that if a company does not match, they mm -hmm. are not obligated to stay there with their with their funds in four hundred one k. Well, even if uh, even if you leave the company and the company does match, you, most of the time it, it's called the uh, funds that the company has vested, that vested balance. Mm -hmm. You can take that with you. The only time you can touch that vested balance is if you've reached a certain retirement age or you leave the company. Mm -hmm. um, so just because they put that money there is just when your termination happens. Very, very good. They do have a, the, the, there is a limit on, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some companies, I know the government, you got to work at least three years with them in order for you to obtain the amount that they put toward your retirement. Other companes, it may be five to seven Probably years before you, have, before you invested. Exactly. So you and need to know. Right. And that's WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. And this last thing that I'll leave with you all is. When you are leaving, uh, when you're taking your 401k, you want to make sure that you roll it over into another uh, for, or another eligible IRA. Because if you take that money, um, if you d allow that money to be sent to you, then you're going to be uh, responsible for taxes. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so and if you're 59 and a half, um, if whether you're with the company or not with the company, then you could most certainly uh, take withdrawals um, and you're not penalized for taking those withdrawals. So the biggest thing is if you leave that company, do not let the them send you a check. You want to have that rolled into an IRA and then figure out a plan with your financial advisor going forward. And that website is WilliamsFinancialLLC.com. Got it. We're making the change. Yes, ma'am. 
this has been awesome. Um, Dr. Sarita, would you like to end it? And then we'll, well I'll, let me share with you who we have next. Yes. Next week, we have none other than the Reverend Dr. Melva Sampson. You do not want to miss our last Tuesday of Herstory Month. Come on back here at three o'clock, same time, same place, timely wisdom. We'll look to see you. Enjoy your week. Thank you.